0: This is an episode that I have very much looked forward to making, American Whiskey and Bourbon. Uh, Now I know a lot of you might have heard that and thought, American Whiskey and Bourbon, I thought Bourbon was American Whiskey. Maybe you thought, oh, I thought American Whiskey was just called Bourbon. I'm going to clear all that up. Uh, First of all, Bourbon is a subset of American Whiskey. Uh, But I wanted to put both in the name because a lot of people don't really know where the line is between whiskey, bourbon, American whiskey, uh, which is what the whole point of this episode is to clear up. Also, having both in the name helps my search criteria and it makes the podcast get more hits. So, can't hurt, right? So I'm going to start with talking about American whiskey, the different types of American whiskey, uh, the subsets of American whiskey, and some whiskeys that are sometimes considered American whiskey. We're gonna try to define all those categories. I'm run through a lot of the facts about it, and like the standards that they're held to in order to be considered that type of whiskey. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about. Uh, Some fun things about bourbon. Um, I'm going to spend most of the time on bourbon because it is the most popular form of American whiskey by far. That's what a lot of people just consider like the American whiskey is bourbon. Uh, So I'm going to spend a lot of the time on bourbon. But let's get started with American whiskey uh, which is just whiskey made in America. Now there aren't a lot of strict rules. I have uh, looked into different websites. Some of them will claim that it's just it's just whiskey made in America. Uh, I found one website that gave some rules. They were kind of vague. Uh, and I'm guessing these are just rules. I think these are just laws, if I had to guess, that this website found laws for distilling whiskey, um, like what they define as whiskey legally in America. So what they call whiskey... Uh, first of all, the mash bill its made from fermented grain, which is what makes it different from, let's say, vodka, which is fermented potatoes usually, or uh, tequila, which is fermented agave. So it's fermented grain for sure is what makes an American whiskey. I don't know if this next rule is really a rule, but I found it online and I thought it was funny. Uh, it said it must taste like, smell like, and have characteristics of whiskey. Okay, Uh, that makes sense to me too. The the next rule, which I'm guessing is just a legal rule, is that it has to be distilled, come out of the still to less than 95% alcohol by volume, uh, which is 190 proof. Uh, And I'm guessing that's just a legal term, or a a legality of it. Uh, Some places said that it has to be stored in an oak container. I didn't find that on multiple websites, but I also didn't do a a huge amount of research on this because bourbon is kind of the more important uh, thing that people care the most about. Uh, the other thing is, so there's no age restriction for uh, American whiskey. I mentioned before how anything can be aged from you know zero to 30, 35, etc. years, and There is no age restriction for American whiskey and also for a lot of the subsets of American whiskey. But one rule to keep in mind is to be considered a straight whiskey. Whiskey has to be aged for at least two years in America. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, And then finally, uh, the one rule that I did find online, and this is going to apply to a bunch of different whiskeys, as you're going to see, is that it has to be bottled at a minimum of 40% alcohol by volume. So a lot of the things that you'll see, like especially your Walmart versions of stuff that's not that strong, it's not actually technically a whiskey. Uh, Whiskey has to be, in America, 40% alcohol by volume. Especially bourbon, which is what we're about to get into. So bourbon. Bourbon. A lot of people, I've heard, you know, that's not whiskey, that's bourbon, or they've just considered all American whiskeys are bourbons. If it's a whiskey made in America, it is a bourbon. That's not technically true. Uh, there are a lot of rules to be considered a bourbon, actually. It's it's pretty strict, uh, much like other whiskeys are also pretty strict. So you'll see that that's going to be a recurring theme, that there are a lot of rules in order to be considered a true bourbon. And I think there are a lot for a true scotch, I believe. Uh, which we'll, we'll get into that in a separate episode. Like I said, I'm going to go through each region, their whiskeys, and, and the rules around them. And I'm going to obviously try to bring in some fun facts. I'm not just going to spit facts at you constantly. Uh, that wouldn't be a whole lot of fun. Also, speaking of not just saying facts back to back to back, uh, today, while I'm recording, I'm actually drinking whiskey. I like to drink whiskey while I record. I think it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, but today, I decided to drink Johnny Walker. Uh, this was actually a gift from, from one of my friends. Shout out to Drake. He might be on the podcast at some point, uh, and it's it's really good. I'm very much enjoying it. Okay, so let's get into bourbon. Uh, First of all, the mash bill. Now, this is why I emphasize the importance of what a mash bill is and how the distillation process works, because we're going to hear a lot about that uh, in what constitutes a bourbon. So the mash bill of bourbon has to be at least 51% corn. That is what makes a bourbon a bourbon, and you're not going to get that pretty much anywhere else. Uh, A lot of other whiskeys either use Rye for rye whiskey, obviously, or barley, um, which is by far the uh, most used of other whiskeys, the most used grain in other whiskeys. So that's what makes a bourbon a bourbon. Uh, Usually there's way more than 51% corn in there. Um, A lot of the averages you'll see online is 70%. A lot of bourbons will have 70% corn in them. So uh, 51% or 70% most of the time is going to actually be corn in that mash bill. Uh, so this is one of the things that makes bourbon taste different because over time with aging, corn pretty much generates just a general sweetness, just a nice light sweetness that gives bourbon its sweetness, which is why a lot of people like bourbon before other whiskeys. A lot of people, especially those that I know, that's how they get into whiskeys actually through bourbon because it has this nice general sweetness. Now, you can have a very complex bourbon, and I'm actually about to talk about a couple different versions, but uh, it's very welcoming and can be – can be emphasis – simple because it has that nice simple sweetness. There are a few different things you can do with bourbon, though, still and still be considered a bourbon. Uh, a really common one that you'll see is a high rye bourbon. It'll say on the bottle, and I've mentioned this in a couple different episodes, too. It'll say high rye on the bottle. Now, what that means is that rye is most likely the next highest flavor. Now, this isn't strictly defined. It's kind of just an advertising thing. Um, but it usually means that the next highest thing in the mash bill is rye, whereas normally barley would be the next highest thing in the mash bill. Uh, So that rye is going to give a little bit more of a peppery, spicy, uh, bitey flavor, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, I actually really enjoy high rye bourbons. Um, I believe bullet bourbon, which is one of my favorites uh, is a high rye bill. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it, it, I like high rye bourbons. I like the little bit of bite. It's not the same as the alcohol bite. It's a bite in flavor. Uh, and I find that the alcohol bite goes really well with a bite in flavor. Uh, actually like flavored whiskeys like some of the spicy ones there's a uh Wild Turkey American Honey Sting is probably my favorite flavored whiskey because it is spicy it's uh, I think ghost pepper and honey and the spiciness just goes really well with the bite of the alcohol I rest my case it's totally a uh A matter of opinion. Uh, The next would be a wheated bourbon, which means that wheat is used instead of rye. So that's another thing that you can do to kind of change up the flavor. And most bourbons are going to have combinations of a lot of these grains in them, especially the corn and the barley, and then other things in them. And that means you can mix them differently to get complex flavors. So I don't want to just come across like, oh, bourbon, it's so simple. It doesn't have to be. Uh, So the next rule for bourbon is that it can't be distilled to more than 80% alcohol by volume. You'll notice that when we were talking about American whiskey, it was 95%. Now it's 80%. Uh, So there's a reasoning kind of for that. Uh, A lot of people say, you know, the the higher it comes out of the still, the less flavor that's going to keep with it. I don't know for sure if that was the reasoning when they wrote this law, but that's just the way that it goes. But there's also more because bourbon is, like I said, pretty strict. It also has to go into the barrel at no more than 62.5% alcohol by volume. So if you distill it at 80, you actually got to water it down a little bit before you put it in the barrel uh, because you're not allowed to put it in the barrel at higher than 62.5% alcohol by volume. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, the next thing that really distinguishes bourbons from your other whiskeys, I guess, probably, yeah, all of the other whiskeys, is that it has to be stored in a new charred oak container. That means it has to be stored in a new hasn't been used before charred oak container if you store it in any other container it will no longer be a bourbon technically now that is important because as i've mentioned before a lot of other whiskeys you can do whatever you want when you're storing them they'll store them in used bourbon barrels they'll store them in used sherry barrels uh casks whatever you want to call them uh that is a very common thing that to do with other whiskeys that's what makes bourbon uh so specific and when i say strict that's what i'm talking about because it has to be in a new charred oak container. Now, it's going to sit in that charred oak container for any amount of time once again. There's still no age minimum for bourbon, um, but although if it wants to be called a straight whiskey, once again, you still have that. That still applies to all American whiskeys. The other thing is, with bourbon specifically, they have to make an age statement if it is under four years old. Now, age statements aren't something that I've talked about before. I don't believe on the podcast, Um, but essentially it's just a statement on the bottle of whiskey stating how old it is. Uh, And a fun fact about age statements is actually that whatever age statement is on a bottle of whiskey the vast majority of the time uh, in order to be conforming with the rules and the laws it has to be the age statement has to be the youngest whiskey in that bottle so if you're blending multiple whiskeys the youngest one is what the age statement's going to be and you know that rule is in effect so that you can't bottle you know, mostly two-year-old whiskey with a little bit of 10-year-old whiskey then call it 10-year-old whiskey. Uh, So that is the, the idea behind that. But I don't think it's something I've mentioned before and it's worth mentioning. So oftentimes, if you've got a bottle that says 12 years old, 12 years is actually the youngest whiskey in that bottle if it's a blended whiskey. Uh, Once again, the minimum for bottling is 40%. Like I said, that's going to be kind of a broken record rule. And then one thing about bourbon uh, that is a very common myth is that it has to be from Kentucky. And that's actually not true, although there are a lot of people who will argue that it is. Uh, But technically, bourbon can be from anywhere in the United States as long as it conforms to all these rules. Uh, So it doesn't need to be from Kentucky, but that brings up a good point And this is one that has a lot of myths and legends around it, and that's where bourbon got its name Uh, There are a lot of sort of like I said legends folk tales about it because nobody really knows a hundred percent The best guess that I found across multiple sources online is just that it's from bourbon County, Kentucky and people started just identifying it as the whiskey from Bourbon County, Kentucky, that Bourbon County whiskey, Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, that's kind of, at least in my research, the most commonly uh, referenced story for how it got its name, and it kind of makes sense. There are a lot of newspaper articles you can see mentioning the Bourbon County whiskey or Old Bourbon County whiskey. Uh, what That's what that region was called at the time. So that is a very common theory for uh where it got its name but there are also some pretty fun ones and so i wanted to run through those uh there's one the probably the most intricate says that two men from kentucky uh stored their whiskey in charred oak barrels in order to color it because whiskey out of the still does not have any color to it it's clear that's why it's clear actually in the artwork for the show because it comes out clear and it's coming out of a still in the show's artwork anyways uh, so they put it in charred oak barrels in order to color it and give it the flavor similar to cognac so that they could sell it in new orleans because they knew that folks in new orleans would like cognac as a french drink um, and new orleans was largely french and they would ship it down the river to new orleans now people in New Orleans started drinking it and they very much enjoyed it. And if you don't know, there's a street in New Orleans called Bourbon Street uh, and people, the rumor was that people were getting their Whiskey from Bourbon Street, and then they started saying I want more of that bourbon whiskey the the whiskey from Bourbon Street uh, And people really enjoyed it and so it became pretty popular and that's one of the rumors as to where it got its name uh, Bourbon Street in case you're wondering like well wait a minute then where did the Bourbon Street get its name a lot of things named bourbon before bourbon whiskey because now we attribute everything to bourbon whiskey A lot of things before bourbon whiskey, uh, they were actually named after French royalty. It was a French dynasty, so a a French family of royals named uh, bourbon. So that was actually where uh, it got its name, where Bourbon Street, I should say, got its name. May or may not be where Bourbon County got its name depending on where you look, but I'm pretty sure it's where Bourbon County also got its name. So indirectly, uh, Bourbon got its name from French royalty, (laughs) the French dynasty of bourbon. So, which is really cool in today's context, by the way, now that bourbon means bourbon, uh, the dynasty of bourbon. Doesn't that sound awesome? I don't know. That's just me. Uh, So, those stories are a lot of fun. Oh, there's another story, too, that I forgot to mention. Um, Some people think that the name bourbon was used to market Kentucky whiskey to folks in New Orleans because there was a large French population. So, once again, that name Bourbon would have been recognized by the French population, and so they thought that they called it the Bourbon Whiskey in order to market it to people in New Orleans. Just a couple of fun um, stories. Uh, Most of the stories are centered around either New Orleans or just Bourbon County, Kentucky. Uh, So it seems to me from the online searching that it's actually uh, Bourbon County. It's just where it was from, and people would say the Bourbon County Whiskey, just identifying the location that it was made. Okay, so on to my next point, Jack Daniels. It's the most famous bourbon, right? That's actually wrong. (laughs) Jack Daniels is, depending on your source, the best-selling whiskey in the world, I think. Definitely the United States. Um, But it's actually not a bourbon. It's a Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey is essentially a subset of bourbon, uh, but it's not bourbon. It's Tennessee whiskey. So they have all of the same rules except It has to be made in Tennessee, and it has to use the Lincoln County Process, which I mentioned in the episode about distilling. Uh, Unless you are Pritchard's, which is one distillery that is grandfathered out of using the Lincoln County Process. Essentially what this process is, is you take a ton of charcoal, and I mean a lot, of maple charcoal, uh, and you drip all of the whiskey down through it before it goes in the barrel. Now when I say a ton, why did I emphasize that? Because I used to think that it was like a great... And there was like a layer of charcoal sitting on this grate. Uh, Jack Daniels actually uses a 10-foot deep bed of charcoal. So it's a lot of charcoal. And they drip the whiskey down through it and collect it and put it into barrels. So that is uh, what distinguishes a Tennessee whiskey. And then also it has been made in Tennessee, unlike bourbon, which can be made anywhere in the country Even though people think it's Kentucky. Uh, But I think that is, I I just think that's pretty cool. Because a lot of people, I've heard so many times Jack Daniels bourbon. I've actually seen on menus Jack Daniels bourbon. And it's not a bourbon. It's a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, They might make a bourbon. I haven't even looked into that, honestly. But Jack Daniels, when I say Jack Daniels, what you're thinking of is a Tennessee whiskey, actually. And I imagine they don't make a bourbon. Because it's a point of pride that it's a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, so it's fun to think about that everybody thinks, oh, bourbon is Jack Daniels. Like the bourbon, Jack Daniels. It's actually not a bourbon. So you can annoy your friends with that one if you really feel like it. Uh, finally, my last point, what where does that leave rye then? Because if you're from America, you've probably, and even if you're not, if you're into whiskey, you've probably heard of rye. So what is it? It's a totally different thing. Uh, it is not bourbon. Like rye is not a type of bourbon, and I will tell you exactly why. Rye is not a bourbon because it has to be fifty-one percent rye in the mash bill instead of corn. So in order to be a bourbon, got to be fifty-one percent corn or more. In order to be a rye, it has to be fifty-one percent rye in the mash bill. Now it pretty much has all the other same rules or very similar rules as bourbon um, in the United States. Um, I don't know if they're the same in Canada, but that's my next point actually, is that rye is not exclusive to the United States. So when you see a rye whiskey, it may not be a United States, an American rye whiskey. Uh, it might just be a Canadian rye whiskey. It might be from anywhere. So that's something you want to keep in mind, uh, is that rye does not necessarily have to be an American whiskey, but a lot of people kind of assume that it is. They attribute it to American whiskey, uh, I think, and I don't have stats to back this up, but the vast majority of rye whiskey is made in America. Um, it's mostly in American whiskey, from what I understand. Like I said, I haven't looked it up. Uh, but it, it's a lot of American, uh, it's mostly an American whiskey, uh, but it can be made in other regions. There are just rules for it that apply to anywhere it doesn't have to be made in america like a bourbon bourbon in order to be a bourbon it has to be made in america you can make the exact same whiskey across the border and it would not be a bourbon anymore which brings up my next point and that is that nowadays a lot of smaller distilleries a lot of craft distilleries are essentially making scotch or irish whiskey uh, but they're making it in america so it can't be either of those things so that's another thing you can start keeping an eye out for i personally have not tried an American scotch or like a mimic of a scotch. Uh, And I actually want to because I enjoy scotch quite a bit. I'm drinking Johnny Walker right now, like I said earlier. But I think that's a pretty cool uh, thing that people are starting up because people are kind of realizing, hey, why does our region need to define what we make? So that's kind of a cool thing that I think we're going to see On the up and coming throughout the next few years is a lot of uh, whiskeys, maybe bourbon mash bills made in Scotland or Ireland. I don't know if they'll do that, but I know for sure in America we're going to see a lot more of Scotch or Irish recipes being made in America, um, which is going to be very interesting to see how that turns out and uh, how they change the rules, bend the rules, and hopefully ultimately some very new tasting, very different whiskeys are going to come out of all of it. So like I said, uh, the majority of this episode is going to be about bourbon, and I've spent the majority of the time talking about bourbon. Uh, One thing I should add, though, is that what I'm about to say applies also to Tennessee whiskey because they're so similar. What I forgot to mention, the charcoal filtering with Tennessee whiskey, it's not exclusive to Tennessee whiskey. But in order to be a Tennessee whiskey, it has to be charcoal filtered except for that one distillery, Pritchard's. But other whiskeys will be charcoal filtered as well. Uh, Jim Beam, off the top of my head, actually charcoal filters some of their whiskey. Uh, So that it does not, it's not exclusive to Tennessee whiskey. Jim Beam is a bourbon. Um, But one thing that people argue is using the charred maple actually, I think this is kind of a pride thing. The charred maple adds flavor to the Tennessee whiskey, uh, and so it actually makes it not a bourbon because bourbons are not allowed to be flavored. I don't think I mentioned that. Bourbon cannot be flavored. Uh, so in order to, uh, be a bourbon, it can't be flavored. People are saying, well, that adds flavor to it. So it's no longer a bourbon, but also some bourbons use charcoal. I don't know if it's charred maple for Jim Beam. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they do charcoal filter, uh, which is just a method of filtering. I don't know how much it does for the flavor. I mean, you could definitely taste them side by side and give it a try. Uh, but it, it is a filtering process, like. Brita filters in your uh, water bottles, your Brita water bottles, those are charcoal usually. I, I had one that was charcoal. Um, so it's a method of filtering, and I don't know that it adds flavor to it. I still would consider you know, Tennessee whiskey basically a subset of bourbon, uh, but some people won't for that reason, so that's worth mentioning. Uh, but the next thing that I want to talk about, which applies mostly to bourbons and the Tennessee whiskeys, is kind of the flavor profile you can expect from bourbon. Uh, the flavor profile is usually going to be A little bit sweeter i want to say less complex but then everybody's going to think that bourbons are way too simple and that's not true there can be very complex bourbons now the difference with scotch and irish whiskey is that the vast majority of the time uh, it's going to be just barley in that mash bill it's going to be malted barley and unmalted barley some kind of a mix Uh, so that will actually change the flavor as well where it's it's kind of the constraining point for those whiskeys But with bourbon, the constraining point is pretty much that you have to be just in a brand new charred oak barrel. You can't age it in other barrels to pick up those flavors. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, But it's usually going to be a nice sweetness because of that corn aging a little bit. It becomes a nice vanilla-y. I've mentioned before I get a lot of caramel from bourbons a lot of the time. Uh, Nice bakery sweets kind of flavor that you can expect from bourbon and then when you add in your rye your wheat your barley all the ratios of that other 30 to 49 percent of stuff in the mash bill you can get very different flavors so a wheated bourbon and a high rye bourbon are going to taste super different uh, you can still get a good difference in flavor profiles. I don't want you to think that, like, all bourbons are going to taste the same. There are a lot of people, especially personal friends of mine, that all they like is bourbon. Like like the way that I am with whiskey, they're that way with bourbon because there truly is a lot to choose from out there. There's a lot of different bourbons. Uh, I prefer all three uh, and others, but mostly the three big ones for me. It's bourbon, Irish whiskey, and scotch. I love all three of those a ton. Uh, I haven't dabbled too much into the Japanese whiskeys or the Canadian whiskeys, although I do like rye. I guess I shouldn't. I should mention. I'm, here I am grouping rye in with bourbon, and it's not the same. I do like a lot of rye whiskey as well, uh, and I wanted to mention that rye being its own thing. And I wanted to mention it because it's mostly American. Uh, it does have a very good taste, and it can scare you away at first. So I would get good at drinking whiskey and then move on to rye whiskey because the first time I drank it, it scared me away for like a really long time. I didn't go back to it just because it's kind of a, I don't want to say harsher, probably a little bit harsher, a little bit sharper of a taste, uh, but it has really interesting flavor notes in it once you get into it a little bit. Uh, so shout out to rye whiskeys. Don't give up on them if you tried them and didn't like them. I recommend you go back to them after you've gained a little bit of experience drinking different kinds of whiskeys. So that's my, my plug for rye whiskey because I do actually really enjoy rye whiskey, uh, and I, like I said, I was scared away from it for a while, so I don't want people to be scared away from it. But specifically, uh, bourbons, you're gonna look for those sweet notes. Um, that corn is gonna. It, it, I say it. I've said it multiple times, but it's gonna have that overwhelming sweetness. I don't want to say overwhelming. I shouldn't say that. It's going to have that majority sweetness from the corn, uh, which is what makes it so approachable. Bourbon is such a great starting whiskey. Even if you don't want to just get into bourbon, bourbon's a great gateway into whiskey. They're that whiskey that really helps people get into the hobby. So I I definitely plug bourbons. The next episode, I'm going to have Bryce back on the show, uh, who you guys might remember uh, from episode 4. Episode four? Yeah, it was episode four. Uh, You might remember Bryce. We did Tullamore Dew versus Russell's Reserve. Uh, The next episode, I will be having Bryce back on again, and he might even be bringing an extra guest with him for you guys. Uh, So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But long story short, we're going to be drinking my favorite starter bourbon. Uh, This bourbon, I don't want to get into it. You know what? We're going to save it for the next episode. But we will be drinking my favorite starter bourbon. Uh, So you definitely, if you listen to this, you like what you hear about bourbon, uh, you're going to want to listen to the next one. And if you're on the email list, get that bourbon for next week because we are going to be drinking it and I'm going to be tasting it with Bryce and possibly another guest as well. Uh, So that's all I have to say about bourbon, I think, for today. If you guys have any questions, as always, make sure you let me know. Um, But that is everything bourbon and American whiskey, including rye, even though it's not American, in under 30 minutes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, make sure to help spread the word by introducing friends, coworkers, or anyone that you think would be interested. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite streaming platform, rate the show, review the show, and follow on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs to stay up to date. If you want, you can join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. You'll then be updated every month on what whiskeys I'll be drinking on the show so you can drink right along with me and review it as we go. Thanks again for listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Learn to drink, drink to learn. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.